you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What is good, everybody? College football season is back. We got games coming up in just a couple days. This is podcast number two of the week, year four, episode seven, Siete. Pat's interference for the new college football season 2018. I'm your host, Patrick Brickman, alongside my co-host, the super sexy Patrick Norwood. How are you? I'm great now. Super sexy. I've never gotten that intro before. I use the alliteration even. I like it. I like it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Sorry I got off to a weird note, but uh, it's senior year. You know, it's it's the podcast senior year. It's year four. No We're not holding anything back means, this season. But it's provocative. No, it's not. It's it gets gross. the people going. I love the soundboard. Thank you. I really do. We've really you, upgraded this year. Like we're, we're really... <laughs> <laughs> so out of hand. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. On Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. You can also go to our website at patsinterference.com. Also, if you'd like to send us an email, tell us what we should talk about, shouldn't talk about, topics you'd like to hear covered, you can email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. Did I miss any? I, I feel like I always let you handle that. One. I always you let what? you handle that dirty work. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I've got it. It's like a script in my head now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't need to do it. It's, it's more fun for you to do. You know, yeah. I just kind of sit back and and let let you know what you got to do. Um, no, you got it all. Uh, this is going to be a short episode, much like our one. This one might even be shorter than our previous Alabama versus Louisville preview. If you want to hear that, that's the previous podcast. We posted that on uh, Tuesday night, and it's up now. So um, if you want just that game, go to that podcast. If not, we are going to look at really the main games across the college football landscape. We got some good ones. We got games yeah, Sunday. Yeah, got some doozies. We got some games Monday, but especially Saturday. We've got something to wet your palate all day long. Ooh. I know. Plus, I got a fantasy football draft in an hour, so we can't take too long. Yeah, we really got a groove on this one. All right. Number 23, Texas, traveling to Maryland, right? This isn't a neutral site game. This is in College Park. No, this is, uh, I believe this was a home-and-home. They played in Texas last year, a game that um, Maryland won, I think. Uh, I don't know about that. Texas win. It was a good game. Was it a good game? I, I think Maryland came back. I'm going to do some research on that. You tell us who we're supposed to be looking for in this Texas-Maryland game. Well, this one is obviously in, intriguing, to say the least, with all, all that's going on at Maryland right now. And honestly, our podcast didn't even tackle the stuff that's going on at Maryland. It's just, it's a whole, it's a doozy. Um, you know, we, we, we just kind of dabbled in the Urban Meyer stuff, and we just kind of stayed really clear of the Maryland stuff. But just uh, fifty-one forty-one, that was a win for Maryland. The next week, uh, USC beat Texas in overtime, twenty-seven twenty-four. There we go. So it was a good game, high-scoring game, and both teams looked really good. Um, it's going to be tough. I actually probably would have picked Maryland in this one uh, before all that. Um, 
but with everything going on at Maryland. Maryland was a sneaky good team last year, but they had three their three starting quarterbacks injured. They were down to yeah. a guy that was never even intended to take a snap. Well, and now campus. we know why. Right. You know, now now that all of those secrets, all that controversy has come out at Maryland, you know, it's it, you see all those injuries and you really it it takes you a second. You know, other programs you might see those and you'd say, "Oh gosh, they're really snake bit. They've got three injuries." Now with all these rumors and accusations and things coming out at Maryland, uh, it really makes you step back and, and kind of wonder, um, you know, uh, again, if you if you haven't heard, Maryland did have a player uh, go down in the middle of practice and eventually pass on. Um, uh, this was, uh, what, about a month, month and a half ago. Um, I think know, it actually uh, happened in the spring. It may have been during may, spring practice. It may have been. Yeah. Um, it feels like the summer's flown by, but um you know uh, died in the middle of practice um you know complained about being fatigued uh complained about being tired couldn't catch his breath was told the generic oh just get over it you're being a baby well that unfortunately was not the case so with controversy like that brick as you've mentioned you know obviously uh things are bigger than college football but with a controversy like that it's just kind of hard to look past it, it's it kind of hard for something for somebody to just say okay well now we just got to focus on football no now your head coach is in all sorts of turmoil he's been uh fired um you know it's it's just it, it's really a mess um but as far as x's and o's are concerned and i hate just kind of moving on like that um like you said you know without that controversy yeah i, I might actually take maryland over texas in this one uh, but with all of that going on, Texas having a lot of momentum, they know this is a big year for them if they really want to make any headway as far as winning the Big 12 is concerned. Uh, they're they're going to need to start winning some of these early season games. Again, week two, they do play USC. They get them at home. Uh, that is an 8 o'clock kickoff as well. So that is prime time. That's when a lot of people will be watching, and that's when really Texas needs to make their mark. So this Maryland game is huge. This can really kick off your season in a big way if you come out uh, and show your stuff. You have a couple teams slip up in front of you. You've got a top 15 matchup uh, at week two, and you get USC at home. Uh, so, you know, this game is, is bigger than it may seem on paper. It is. I still, I'm going to do, uh, I think it's going to be similar to last year, except that Texas wins. Um, what's going on in Maryland is is an actual distraction, unlike what ended up happening at Ohio State. This is an actual distraction. That mixed with the fact that, you know, Texas probably is a little bit more talented. It is year two of Tom Herman. He does have his own recruiting class, and they recruited really, really well. Um, they've got their own guys in. Um, I don't think Texas is the 23rd best team in the country, although they are in the AP poll. Um, but they are better than Maryland. So I think Texas wins. People say hooray, and then they play USC next week, and people go, aw, and there we go. Yeah, uh, Sam Ellinger is coming back uh, the uh He's a sophomore. He is coming back at quarterback. Yeah. Um, did take reps with the first-team offense. They had a little bit of a quarterback battle in the offseason, but they have gone ahead, named him the starter. Um, Tom Herman said he's earned it because uh, he's earned that because, obviously, just going all the way back to the winter where Shane was hurt, rehabbing Herman said on Thursday, spring was pretty neck and neck. They both had great summers. Then the next time the ones go out, Shane will take the first rep with the ones. That rotation will be there. So they're going to rotate him out a little bit. Uh, but all accounts are saying that Ellinger is going to be the guy. Yeah, so for the third um, year, we say that Texas is back. Because remember two years ago when they opened against Notre Dame and it was an amazing game. And Tyrone game. Swoops 
had the game-winning yes. touchdown, and everybody's like, Texas that. is back, and they did it almost last year until they lost. Yeah, yeah. it'll be this sort yeah. of similar. I, I do remember that. I do remember that. All right, Brick, what is your score prediction for Texas at Maryland? Give me 24-13. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go a little bit higher scoring. I'm going to go 41-30 Texas. All right, you like the offense. I I do. I, I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, speaking of teams that... You know, are kind of undergoing some, uh, some, you know, uh, distractions, some some scandal, if you will. Ohio State sure. plays their first game without uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, they get the eleven o'clock ABC game against Oregon State. Not a bad draw if you don't have your head coach for the season opening game. I think not we both to mention ex- it's at home, and it's at home. I both I think we both expect Ohio State to win. The question for this really more is. How big of a factor is it that Urban Meyer won't be on the sidelines, if any? I think it is a complete non-factor. Um, this Oregon State team hasn't showed up in years. I, I, I'm trying to think of the last time Oregon State did anything noteworthy, and it, it's I been got a, you. I got you right here. Time. Pass it here. Pass it here. I got the last time Oregon State What's did anything. What's up? Corner three. When they beat USC in about 2009, remember Jacquez Rogers? 2008, Jacquez Rogers. Yeah. Hit me with the Obi-Wan. Oh, let me gotcha, I gotcha. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Um, that was, uh, that was, I think it was... That was 2009? It was, it, it was 2008 or not. it was towards the end of the 2000s. That was USC's only loss, but it was John big David enough... John David the quarterback that year? Uh, either him, yeah, it was probably, it was tr- probably John David Booty, big booty. Um... This new booty, yeah. All right, uh... You need to turn your mic up. You're barely coming through there, bud. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I said Miss New Booty. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Oregon State-Ohio State game, like I said, it's going to be a non-contest. It's a home game. I think Ohio State's just trying to work out some kinks on the offense. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think Ohio State's going to break in the new quarterback. They're going to realize, oh, this is actually better. And I, I'm going – I mean, I, I listen, I'm going 40. I'm going 40. 48-10. I mean, I, I don't think this is a close game or an entertaining game. I, I'm going to go 52-14. Just, I think in garbage time, Oregon State may scrape one across, but this is definitely the 11 o'clock game that you skip or you just turn on when the other games are at commercial. Oh, I'll be skipping because it's week one, and I'm going to watch every second. Well, I will be watching every second of football humanly possible on Thanks Saturday. for rubbing that in, man. You're no, Hey, no problem. No problem. You're a baseball guy, remember? <laughs> Uh, magic number is one, by the way, for the Durham Bulls to make the playoffs. Magic number is one, baby. Just got to win one more. I will be going to Charlotte tomorrow. If it's not done tomorrow, we'll stay till Thursday. If it's not done Thursday, we will come back to Durham to close it out in the weekend. Fully anticipate that happening. Hashtag believe. All right. FAU in Oklahoma, the last 11 o'clock game. Lane Kiffin makes his way down on to Norman. Brick any way. Kiffin and the Owls pull off the upset. I am so excited for Lane versus Lincoln. You have no idea. That's I don't great. know. I, it probably doesn't matter at all. But Lane Kiffin has assembled a respectable squad. Uh, Devin Singletary, their running back, what, yeah, he's one of the better running backs in the country. Let me they tell you. They get 15 starters back this year. That they're, they're gonna be. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be. They made the. They made a bowl game last year. They won the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, it was huge. They actually crushed them. They're not bad. 
It's it's what happens if you take an offensive genius and you banish him to FAU. He's going to make some noise out there, especially if his name is Lane Kiffin and he has a Twitter account. Um, but at the same yeah. time, they are playing Oklahoma. They are riding a 10-game win streak. There's going to be some offense in this game. I'll just put There's it that There's going to be a lot of offense. There's going to be some a offense. A lot of offense. The Oklahoma quarterback uh, situation, let's Tyler call Murray. it. Obviously, a big storyline uh, had a what was it? A four million dollar contract. He was the seventh, yeah, seventh pick of the MLB draft to the Oakland Athletics organization. Oakland Athletics decided he did not want to go out to Oakland. Decided to stay in Norman. He will be the starting quarterback for the Sooners. Brick, what sort of drop off do you expect to see from Baker Mayfield? Uh, I, I don't know if drop off's the right word. But do you think? How do you think the style of play changes at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield leaving? Sizable. It'll be sizable, especially at first. Um, Kyler Murray's a great quarterback, though. It's not like they're replacing him with some scrub. Kyler Murray is one of those five stars that was on Texas A&M, and then they all left. Um, and there's a reason he was. A, he's really good. He's a great athlete. I mean, obviously, he was drafted in the top ten of the Major League Baseball draft. That tells you he's got game. He's got um, an arm. Yeah, sure. At the same time, you're replacing the most accurate and one of the most accomplished passers in college football history. I mean, it's, that's like, you know, the next guy after Herschel Walker. It's like, yeah, okay, um, there's going to be a sizable drop-off, at least initially, while they figure it out. He's not going to be as accurate. Uh, the offense is not going to run as seamlessly with Kyler Murray at first. But he's he's a great athlete. He's going to move the ball with his legs. Um I expect it to be similar to what happened with Deshaun Watson down to Kelly Bryant. Something similar to that size. The team isn't going to be so much worse because the team is very good, but there will be some growing pains. They're playing FAU, though. They're playing a team they should be able to handle, even even with the 15 starters back for the Owls. The Owls. Roll Owls, uh, as they've been saying on Twitter pretty much nonstop since Lane Kiffin got there. All right. <laughs> Uh, what is your score prediction for Oklahoma FAU? Um, I, I expect a lot of offense. Like I said, I don't see I don't see FAU getting much more than if I give them four touchdowns. I feel like I'm giving them too much, but I'm praying for offense. So I'm going. Uh, I'll admit, let me let me give it forty two twenty eight. I'm gonna go uh, fifty six seventeen. You you were putting some teams in the fifties today. I like it. Um, Look, after those. Hey. New new season, new me. It's hashtag senior year. Yeah. All right. Hey, we, we're going all out. After those three games end, our 230 games are featuring some interesting matchups involving some of our SEC rivals. Um, the first one, everyone's going to have their eyes on this at 230 right after lunchtime. Uh, in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you have Washington and Auburn. There we go. Washington, one of your final four picks this year. Auburn, yes. a team that beat two national title participants last year and returns a Heisman hopeful at quarterback. Yeah, um, with Jarrett Stidham, who turned out to not be uh, the Jeremy Johnson that we all thought he may be. No, he's um, he's a he's a stud. He he threw for touchdowns and ran for touchdowns against Alabama. Let's not forget. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I uh, but I, I I do. It's funny. I, I think this is the marquee matchup on Saturday. You've got Washington, a team uh, coming in with a lot of high hopes, a lot of people really picking them to go far this season and even make it to the college football playoff, including yours truly. Uh, Auburn has a lot of questions up front on their offensive line, too. I think this game, and this is going to be kind of a hot take. You tell me if I'm going too far here. 
I think this game will be similar to the Florida State-Alabama game last year where the winner of this game will go really far in the college football season and the loser of this game is really going to suffer from this game. That's probably actually not a bad way to look at it. Um, I think if Washington loses, there's more potential for their season to go south than Auburn, who whose schedule doesn't really ramp up for a while. Um, but yeah, I could see the loser of this game being almost dejected to the point where it's hard to return, especially if one of them loses their quarterback. But um, you know, for me, for me, I, I I've maintained that I think Auburn wins this game. Um, I know that they have kind of bad voodoo so far in that stadium, losing uh, two their first two games there so far. The two games to end their season last year against Georgia and then against UCF. Um, but I think that's hogwash that that actually affects them. I think they just lost those two no, games. No, I don't. I don't think that affects them at all. And honestly, that's a great point to bring up. Washington. That's a long travel for their fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is a long way to go from Seattle to Atlanta. Now that's that a home game for Auburn. not an easy flight. That's a home game for Auburn. Yes, being absolutely. what an hour and a half uh, from from Atlanta. Yeah. At, at the same time. Jake Browning returning, I, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on Jake Browning, in my opinion. Put some respect on his name. Put some respect on that name. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think, like I said, this this is the marquee matchup of of Saturday. Um, you know, this will really tell a lot about both of these teams. We talk every week. Oh well, you know, this game's important. This game's important. Every game's important. Every game's important. Well, why? Because it's got playoff implications right? Alabama loses to Louisville. That hurts their playoff chances. You know, West Virginia loses to Tennessee, which we'll talk about next. That hurts their playoff chances. This game has the largest playoff implications of any game on Saturday, in my mind, unless there is just an absolute upset. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Both these teams, people have them in the playoffs, especially Washington. I'd I'd reckon to say about 50% of people that are guessing have Washington in their playoffs just by the virtue of they have a great chance of winning the Pac-12. Uh, with that said, um, I think Auburn returns a fantastic offense this year that's going to be passing-oriented more than any years past. and Great defensive line, too. And a great, yeah, a great front seven and a defense that got better under Kevin Steele than I didn't expect to happen, but they did. Uh, and with that said, I see it being a not super high-scoring game um, because it it's going to be... Like you said, similar to Alabama FSU last year, both these teams are going to be trying not to blow it as much as they are trying to win it. And yeah. um, I see sort of a 24-17 Auburn win. Uh, I'm going to go pretty much the same score. I'm going 27-20, but I'm going Washington here. Um, I've got Washington in my playoff. I don't think this game necessarily damns you from the playoffs if you lose it. If your opponent plays well the rest of the season, you still got a good chance of making it in if you win out. Yeah. However... Uh, I don't see both of these teams going undefeated after this game. Regardless of what happens in this game for both teams, I don't see either of them going undefeated. Auburn has to travel to Georgia and to Alabama. And they've got to play LSU. And then if they get through all that, then they play in an SEC championship game. Oh, by the way, you're sleeping on Mississippi State if you don't think Mississippi State is going to give Auburn, Alabama, and LSU trouble this year. And Uh, they got Texas A&M, who always gives them trouble. That's never an easy game for them either, or anybody. So Washington will have to run through the buzzsaw of Stanford, USC, Oregon, and the like. Uh, so I don't see them going undefeated past this game. So this game really is crucial. If, if you want a leg up, if you want that 
kind of get out of jail free card of, okay, we didn't waste our loss on Auburn or we didn't waste it on Washington. This is a huge game for you to win. I did put Washington in my playoff. I don't think Auburn will be able to really answer a lot of the questions that are given to that uh, offensive front and the trenches. Maybe I'm wrong, but right now I just see Washington edging him out by a nose. I'm, I'm really close to putting it to 27-24 um, and making it like an overtime game, but I see Washington getting it done in regulation, 27-20. Uh, that's, that's my final answer. All right, I like it. Miles Gaskin, by the way, running back for Washington, is one of my Heisman sleepers. Him and I like DeAndre Swift. If there's going to be a running back in my mind that wins it this year, I think it's one of those two guys. Uh, the next game. The start of the Jeremy Pruitt era at Tennessee. They're going to be playing. Now, this game is, I believe, in Charlotte. Uh, you are correct. Yeah, it's in Charlotte, and it's West Virginia, 17th ranked West Virginia, and Will Greer taking on Tennessee, where I think it gets ugly. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I, I think Will Greer is going to. He, he's coming out hot for a Heisman campaign. Don't forget the fact that he's like, I don't know. 48 years old at this point it seems like he's been in college since i was a freshman in high school uh but will greer is going to throw for a lot of yards in this one uh this this tennessee passing defense was atrocious last season and they really haven't gotten a ton better i think that having jeremy pruitt really helps a defensive-minded guy really helps at tennessee um to slowly and i cannot emphasize that enough slowly build back that program uh, you know, obviously if they get it done against West Virginia. That is a huge win. That looks really good for your program. I just don't see. I, I just don't see it happening. I'm going to take West Virginia here, uh, and I think uh, Will Greer, or as I call him, Bootstraps Bill, if you'll remember from Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, yeah. a William that disappears for a long time and then reappears better than ever. So, hence the nickname. Uh, that is what I will call him exclusively on this podcast. I would like to add something to the soundboard now that I think about it. If you get the part in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where he says bootstraps, bootstraps, that would be awesome because I will talk about him a lot this year. He's my Heisman pick. Uh, I think he'll throw for about 400 yards. I'm not uh, I'm speaking in hyperbole. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Hyperbole. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't even use the it's late excuse anymore because it's only 11 o'clock. But uh, I, I do see West Virginia going up top pretty big in this one. I'll go I'll go 38-17 here for West Virginia. I'd be surprised if I would be surprised if Tennessee scores that much. Um, as far as Jeremy Pruitt's concerned, I think he's a good hire. I think he's the best hire they can make, but he's not the best hire. I think he's the best of what they had left. Um, I don't I love Jeremy Pruitt as a defensive coordinator. I don't believe fully in him as the guy by himself just from what I know as far as people getting along with him West Virginia um, is going to be able to throw all over Tennessee I can name one guy that I think is even decent and that's Nigel Warrior great name very good corner or defensive back safety I actually think but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I don't see this one being particularly close um, give me give me a 41. Give me a 41-14. I like it. I like it. That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Let's move on into the evening games. The nightcappers here, uh, or not the nightcappers, but the evening game. The one that everybody will be kind of watching um, until Louisville-Alabama starts. And even probably, if we're being honest, they'll probably skip Louisville-Alabama. They'll finish watching this game. Michigan traveling to the big house in South Bend. Uh, 
Notre Dame, uh, under the lights, this has been a classic matchup the past couple of times. Yeah, good to um, see. Good to see the two rivals finally. This feels. This is. This game is supposed to happen. Yes, this is classic football. This is classic football. Uh, I think, you know, both of these teams at one point had an eight and one, eight and two record last season. Uh, they had pretty good records, and then the wheels just kind of fell off for both of them. It's kind of interesting to see the trajectories of both programs through last season. Um, Jim Harbaugh, I think this is this is your year to do it. If you're going to do something, you need to get it done this year. You're returning, I think, 15 or 16 starters, uh, seven or eight of those on offense, plus you're getting Shea Patterson, who has college football experience. It's not like he's coming off the bench or you know coming straight up from high school or JUCO even. I mean, he was the quarterback at Ole Miss last year, and he saw SEC defenses. He played legitimate football last season. Not calling others illegitimate, but just he's more used to this pace. Uh, you know, So I think if you're Jim Harbaugh, this needs to be the year you get it done. If you have another eight or nine win season, listen, that's great everywhere else, but you're at Michigan now. All right, that is, that is you've, you've got to win more. You've got to win more if you want to keep your job. I think Michigan needs to have a nine or ten win season at least uh, for Jim Harbaugh to it. Not, I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat necessarily, but I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a little bit warmer than it was if he can't pull out not only this game but pull off like I said a nine or ten win season. Yeah, they need to beat a rival. They need to beat a rival more. Cons- I mean, they, I think he's beaten Michigan State once, and then that's it for rivalry wins. That's it. He's lost to all of them. He's like 1-8 so far, something crazy like that. Um, this is the game that's the hardest for me this weekend to predict. A lot of people would say Washington-Auburn. This one I have the least grasp on. I like Michigan this year. I said that a week ago on our other podcast, um, episode 5, that I'm having trouble with this Michigan team because I know what they can do, but I also know what they can also be. You know, I know how good, I, at their peak, I think they're a top 5 team. Sure. But will they realize that potential? Will Harbaugh be able to unlock in Shea Patterson what he was able to unlock with, um, you know, Andrew Luck and Colin Kaepernick in the NFL? He's still a good quarterback coach. He just hasn't had a good quarterback. If he can turn Shea Patterson into something halfway usable, unlike what he's had so far, this Michigan team can be very, very good and really seriously challenge Wisconsin and Ohio State. I think they win this game. I think it's close um, because Notre Dame also is a team that returns a good bit. Um, Michigan is slightly better coach. I like Harbaugh better as a coach than I like Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly has not gotten good with time. Give me twenty-four. Uh, give me a give me give me a weird score. Give me like a twenty-four, like sixteen, Michigan. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Uh, I I am gonna take. Michigan here by a nose like you. I, I think it's going to be uh, a little bit higher scoring. I think it's going to be more like 31-28. I could see it going into overtime too. It's just so tough to win uh, on the road to open up the season. I will uh, say a, though. A rivalry game on the road. N- no blue blood gets less of a lift from their home crowd than Notre Dame. That's true. I mean, you saw the Georgia game last year. It was 80% Georgia fans. From everything I read from Georgia fans and, and people I know that went to that game, they love the stadium and its history. But they, it's, it's from what I've seen is that Notre Dame games are like baseball games at times. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of old people that get mad when people stand during the game. 
Yes. So, that's, I don't know. That's, Not that that Well, is... I hear and understand. I hope to go someday, uh, and I hope it's completely changed, but that's what I understand from that atmosphere as well. You're, you're not wrong in that assumption. Um, I, so, you know, like I said, I, I, I predict Notre or uh, Michigan to beat Notre Dame in overtime. I'd say 31-28. Um, maybe they can get it done in regulation, but I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes to overtime. All in all, should be a great game to watch. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern time game on ABC, the primetime game. Uh, you've got Louisville and Alabama in Orlando. We're not going to go over this game. If you want to hear analysis from this game, you can go listen to our last episode. That's episode six uh, of year four, hashtag senior year. Yep. Uh, that will be uh, that will be all you can eat as far as Louisville and Alabama is concerned. Yummy. Uh, but do you give them your score prediction. Alabama to win. Give them your score prediction, though. I think. I can't even remember what it was, man. I, I think I had it uh, somewhere around 37-17, 34-17, I think is what it was, 34-17. Yeah, I, I had 38-21. Yeah, uh, and so that's that's our predictions. You can go and listen to the rest of the episode if you want to. Like we said, that was episode six, uh, so go listen to that if you would like. Uh, we're done with Saturday games. That's it for Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, we've got a great game, Miami and LSU. Uh, this this is going to be an awesome game. I'm really to kick excited. Kick off the NFL uh, season. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Where is this game being played? Uh, I think this is the Dallas game. If I'm this not is mistaken, the Dallas. you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. So this will be uh, in Dallas in that great stadium that Alabama's played in so many times. Um, I think uh, didn't they play Michigan there? Um, Alabama played was the Michigan, Michigan game in there, Dallas, and they right? played Wisconsin there. Wisconsin, yeah. So those are, you know, it's it's a great venue. It's a great place to watch a game, from all accounts. Um, it's it's a monstrosity, uh, from what I've heard, which is something that these two teams are no stranger to. Uh, so, Brick, what do you expect to see from a Miami team that's got something to prove this season? Um, I like Mark Richt as a coach, but I I can't. I've said this before. I can't get over how Miami ended their season last year. I just can't. I can't. I, I never fully bought into them, even when they were undefeated going into the final week of the season. You know, Miami was a real, real um, playoff contender going through November. They hadn't lost yet. They'd had a lot of close calls. I never fully bought in. I never really thought that they were this nasty Miami team of old Miami's back. Then they lost to Pitt. They got crushed by Clemson, humbled by Clemson even. And then they lost to Wisconsin, turnover chained my ass. So... Um, I haven't lost that taste in my mouth. At the same time, I really don't like this LSU team. I'm really not a fan of what's what's going down in Baton Rouge with Orgeron. This is yeah. okay. I take it back. I'm having more. I'm having a harder time with this game than I am Michigan Notre Dame. I, I actually think I am. Um, See, I, I think I think Miami kind of waltzes through this one. I, I hate saying it, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, we know LSU's defense is going to be good, but we have seen no proof that LSU's offense is making any waves to sort of change or try and keep up with the times. And until I see that, I can't pick LSU in a big game like this. Yeah, this is going to come down to some somebody's going to make some strange play that, that turns the tide. Uh, I'm gonna, I guess I'll go with Miami because Miami's defense is still good. I'm not a Malik Rogier fan, their quarterback. I do like their running backs, and I like Amon Richards, their receiver. Um, so I'll go... I will go with Miami, but this is another game that I don't see a ton of points from. I, I don't see much more than a. Uh, let's see. I'll go. I'll go twenty-eight. How am I feeling this? 
I'll go 28-21 Miami. I'm going to go gosh. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go 24-20 on this one. I I really see it as a stretch that LSU scores 20 points. I really do and I hate saying it cuz I I want them to be good. I really do. Um, but until that offense changes, it, it's just so tough to pick LSU in games, which is a shame. Like I said, because they've their really, defense... I mean, they've they've really ridden Fournette and, and guys to anything on offense. I mean, they, they've yes. had they've had the luxury of having those guys be superstars for the last three four years. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like I said, it's just so stagnant. They just refuse to keep up with the times. Uh, so I am going to go Miami here. Um, I think it will sort of kickstart some more momentum for Miami but they, like I said they've got a lot to prove this season another thing to keep in mind though Mark Rick not always great in opening games remember back yep. in 2011 he did drop a big opening game that he was supposed to win uh, when he was the head coach at Georgia to Boise State oh yeah yeah no I Just hear something you. to remember was... uh, so you know I'm not saying that that's that's obviously way back then that's a very different team college football as a landscape looks way different I do think Miami could win this game all I'm saying is if LSU wins this game and it's because they were out coached, don't be surprised. Okay, yeah, I can I can I can dig it. Uh, all right, so that's it for our Sunday night NFL game. It's now our first uh, Monday night NFL game of the season. It takes us to Tallahassee to kick off the Willie Taggart era at Florida State. They're facing Virginia Tech. This is a 19 versus 20 matchup and um Another it's, one that's hard to get a pulse on. I think Florida State did the right thing by making DeAndre Francois the starter this week. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know how you can really go another direction than Francois. You know, he proved as much as he could two years ago. He proved as much as he could last year. I mean, he was a terror for Alabama defense, for the I, Alabama defense, for a good quarter of that game. I think um, the way Taggart handled it was, I could be wrong, but... Um, you know, that team last year gave up. And one of those guys that gave up, aside from Derwin James and McFadden and their superstars, was Francois kind of gave up. He was injured. He was not supporting the team. He were being there for the team the way he needed to. And I think the reason it even turned into a competition and took to the final week of fall was, was essentially Taggart saying, all right, you got to buy into this. I need you to be, a, you know, challenging him to come back and, and be the teammate that he needed to be. And I, that's why I think he kind of dangled the competition over his head to see how he responded. I like that school of thought. I also think it could be a situation where Francois was more hurt than we originally anticipated. Obviously, we knew the injury was bad as a season-ending season ending injury. But if it was something where he was hesitating, if oh, yeah, he had no, the he, hips he, a little bit. That's another thing to take into consideration. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I mean, he got hurt in, in obviously, September, and he missed the spring. He didn't play in the spring either. He missed all of spring football. He wasn't 100% until, like, right at the end of July. Right, right. So, you know, I think that could be playing a factor on the other side of the ball. Virginia Tech has lost so much on that uh, on defense, J- just a ton on defense, I Which think is most weird, of the defensive backfield ass- is We gone. always assume that Virginia Tech always has it at, at defense, but I see their fans being legitimately worried. They're frustrated. I, I think they're frustrated too. Uh, the Josh Jackson situation was a mess this summer. I don't think that provides any good momentum for them. Uh, I would love to pick Virginia Tech in this game, uh, but right now I just can't do it. I think this is going to be a real rock fight um, of two teams that kind of fade away from the college football playoff and college football playoff contention uh, pretty early on in the season. Um, plus, they're in the ACC, which is all but decided between two teams and really one team. 
uh, as long as that one team can take care of business, and that's Clemson. Uh, so I will take Florida State here. Um, I, I'm going to go. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more higher scoring. I think it's going to be like a 38-35, 42-45 Florida State finish. Um, I, I think both of these teams have a lot of questions that are going to be answered on this opening night, and who knows, Virginia Tech could come out uh, with an offense that does return some offensive linemen uh, and some good receivers, but I, I just think it's going to be a situation where Florida State is looking to get back on that scene. They've got a new, uh, they've got new momentum. They've got new blood uh, leading the ship, and I, I think they're just a little bit more ready than Bud Foster's Hokies. Uh, so I will take Florida State in this one. Yeah, uh, expect to see a lot of Cam Akers in this game. I think this is he's going to really burst on in a big way under the limelight. FSU did not play a marquee game after Cam Akers kind of took over. I think you're going to, after week one, hear a lot going into the next couple weeks about how good he is. People will use the word Dark Horse Heisman after week one when talking about Cam Akers. He's not going to win the Heisman, people. But um, he is going to rush for a lot of yards in this one. Give me FSU. Give him to me. Give him to me. Give him to me. 35, 35, 24. Okay. All right. That's it. That's week one. That's week one, baby. That's week one. Like we said, this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, it's it's just, you know, usually we'll do a recap and then a preview of the next week. We don't have a recap this week. Uh, if you want to listen to our thoughts, our uh, playoff predictions or anything like that, you can go back and listen to episode five. Uh, that was our national preview. Uh, we also picked our sweethearts. Brick, who does NC State start the season out with, my friend? I could be mistaken, but I believe it is James Madison. James Madison at 11 o'clock on Saturday. I'm taking my sweetheart. Um, give him to me 142 to nothing over James like Madison. It. Wait for it. It just cuts off. Oh, man. That's amazing. All right, go ahead and start it back. Uh, okay, uh, boom. Wake Forest travels down to New Orleans to play two-lane Thursday at 8 p.m. I'm taking Wake Forest big this one. A big old 7-0 victory for the Deacons. All right, that's our sweethearts for you. We'll have another check-in on them next week after they're both 1-0. That's your week one. Thank you so much for listening um and uh we have a great time just kind of doing this i really like the national episodes myself it gives me a time to really flex my college football muscles yeah sure uh if you want to follow us on social you can uh we're on twitter at pi underscore podcast on facebook at pat's interference that's p-a-t apostrophe s interference uh you can also go to our website at patsinterference.com or email us at patsinterference <laughs> at gmail.com i almost did uh, it but i made you do it anyway i, I, I almost started I it and hesitated <laughs> I was like, don't, don't, don't try. Uh, Brick, uh, do you have a sound off for this week? No, I'm, I, I know you do, and I, I just kind of don't have one. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right. What was mine going to be? Kim Kardashian. See, I, I kind of said that jokingly. I do have one, though. It's very minor. It's, it's really minor. Uh, can we stop with NBA players warming up or, like, playing pickup games in gyms? on like random Wednesday afternoons in the summer and acting like it's a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all these like weird, like bleacher report, they're like, Oh, Carmelo Anthony doing work in the gym. Yeah. So he's doing his job. 
Like, great. That's great. I'm glad he's doing his job. Like, you don't see him following around to, like, Mike Trout in the middle of December hitting in a batting cage. It's a good point. It's just dumb. It's it's just, oh, getting in work. He's got the hoodie on. Who gives a shit? They do the like, same thing for care? quarterbacks, though, too. Like, quarterbacks, oh, he's with what's-his-name. Oh, he's, you know. But not uh, as much. Not, not as nearly much. as much. House no. of Highlights posts something every single day from, oh, Kevin Durant was in L.A. and played on the blacktop with Chris Paul. And it's like, who cares? They're doing it for charity. Why do you care? Yeah. That's a good point. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a very minor sound off, but it just bothers that me. That is so I'm minor. Like, that is so why minor. Does it matter? Quit whining. Why does it matter? Quit complaining. Anyway, Listen, if you liked this podcast, go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. Five stars, three stars, four stars. We think we're five-star products. I mean, it's hashtag senior year. We, Better not we decided be less to than come four back stars. I don't want to see nothing less than four stars. We've, we've got five-star hearts, according yeah, to Butch that's Jones. That's us. We haven't talked about Butch Jones at all. Well, he's an There's intern no in Alabama. To. I just think it's funny. He's, he's, he's part of our staff. we got nothing bad to say no, now. I know. I know. It's just... I just think it's funny. He's getting Saban's coffee. Saban's house for broken coaches continues. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Like Rick said, we've always wanted to do this. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, let us know through social media. Otherwise, we will talk to you next week. Uh, this is Pat's Interference. And, Brick, most importantly, roll tide. Roll tide.